Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is a philosophical establishment, not a child chop house, and apparently experimental theology comes with risks. Stay tuned as we discuss His Dark Materials, Episode 6. I'm Maria Menounos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, the buzz. Hey everybody, we're here for another episode and we have our dancing panel tonight. We've got Vito the Philly Fanatic. Hello everybody, glad to be back. And and our sci-fi enthusiast, Tally. What's up? (laughs) And we're going to be talking about His Dark Materials, Season 1, Episode 6, Demon Cages. Uh, uh, What an episode. Before we get to our overall thoughts, I just want to let you guys know, stick around until the end because we have a couple of special segments, including our page-to-screen segment, our news segment, and our predictions. So you definitely want to stick around for that. You write. All right, Vito, overall thoughts. (laughs) This episode was the most tense episode so far, and I just... Thank you to the directors for directing this so well, for having me on the edge of my seat for the entire hour. Oh! It was so mad, but it was so good. Hallie. (laughs) All right. <laughs> okay, so forewarning to everybody who's watching this right now, all three of us, we were we needed the tissues for this episode. I I cried and yeah. I felt like crying. Hold on. Oh, it was <laughs> for me. It was the when when she yelled "mother," no, oh my and, gosh. and when she just the moment that that Coulter and Lyra had together, where we had both of them in. You know, I'm not going to blame Lyra because she was obviously trying to survive, mm. but Coulter's manipulation of her own daughter. Oh, this whole episode was just so triggering. Yeah, everything, and like they didn't just when we thought it was over. We had our little cliffhanger at the end, but we will get to that. By the way, we have some people in the chat. I just want to say I'm in the chat. If you are interested in talking at us, please let us know. Uh, Katie's in love says in all caps, can we agree Lee is the best dad Lyra could get? Uh, You are damn right. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Slow clap. Here's the thing with that. And Katie's in love. Yes, I absolutely agree. In the books, I felt the same way. I read this book when I was in high school, and I remember thinking, the first time in high school, and I remember thinking, why, like, I didn't even feel the connection to Lord Asriel the way that I felt it to Lee, between Mm -hmm. Lee and Lyra. So, yeah, it is, I'm feeling it in the show, and I'm also feeling it, I also felt it the same way in the books as well. Yeah. All right, so let's talk <laughs> At least about. You don't have to wait with the book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing I have against the series so far is that I am so impatient and I just want to keep watching, but we have to wait. I'm struggling. I'm not gonna read it. I'm not gonna read it till I'm done. I'm not gonna read it till I'm done. Yeah. So... I'm struggling so much right now. Like, literally just finishing that episode, I'm still coming down from it. 
and I feel really uncomfortable inside. Like, how could this happen? So, all right, let's dive in and just start talking about something. Yes. Okay. Sorry. No, do not be sorry. This is this is a this was a very emotionally intense episode for sure. I think one of the most so far. Um, All right. So at the top of the episode, we. We see that Lyra is trying to figure out what she's going to do now that she's here mm-hmm. in Bavangar. And mm-hmm. I found it very interesting that the, she made the choice and Roger made the choice that they were going to act like they didn't know each other. I thought it was pretty indicative of at least Lyra as a character. I'm just glad that Roger is so close to Lyra to kind yeah. of immediately understand what to do. That made me really happy. Um, because I also didn't know what they were going to end up doing. Yeah. They, they made it... Uh, one of the things I want to compliment just Philip as well as the rest of the writing team, they make the dead ends feel like dead ends. Mm-hmm. I have never seen an easy way out of a lot of the situations that they put Lyra in. Yeah. And, Holly, you look like you have something to add to that. I was so happy. Yeah. <laughs> to see like, Roger? Or, yeah, yeah. Like, they, they're just so cute. I hope they end up, you know, a couple when they're old enough to do couple things. And I, I just, ugh. They were so cute. I love how much they trust each other mm-hmm. completely and utterly. And they have such a unique dynamic. Lyra being the crazy, chaotic one. And then Roger actually kind of reminds me of Pan. It's like, it's like yeah, right. Her, her right hand that keeps things calm and watches her back while she's out there doing great, chaotic things. That, they're just, oh, they're just... I'm full of love right now, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is great. Their dynamic was so... Their dynamic continues to be one of my favorite duo dynamics. Mm-hmm. And the the trauma that they demonstrated with Roger, yes. too. The oh, fact gosh. that even Pan pointed out, Roger's different because he has been through certain things. Mm-hmm. Even the kids who didn't have their demons stripped from them, even those kids are never going to be the same. And so I love how not only is the show focusing on like active trauma, but what people are, how they're going to have to handle this now that they've experienced it. Yeah. Um, so that was really powerful to me. The acting of all of the children involved, whether it's Annie, Roger, Lyra, yeah. like they all, it is incredible watching these kids show 100%. nothing. Yeah. And there are so many child actors. I know I've said it before, but I will say it again. These child actors are doing so well mm-hmm. and kudos to them for being part of this amazing series seriously i can only see them like getting better parts in these fantasy films later and it also shows like prowess i like i would be heartbroken to hear anything but good things about how the set was and i don't know i haven't looked into it but i hope nothing bad comes out but it just seems like they got such good performances out of each and every one of these kids and that's surprising to me because they are very young. They are. And and just, I mean, I think like, you know, just from an acting standpoint, the hardest emotion to show is nothing. Absolutely. And and this, this like, you can mm-hmm. see like the way, the look in their eyes is like they're, they're like void, like things are too powerful for them to be able to handle this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that to me is what makes this strong. It's powerful enough when you see an adult doing this but to see a child yeah um that to me is a wonderful performance yeah and our chat is actually quite popping yeah right now. Blowing awesome. up. katie's yeah. in love thank you katie duffy thank you yeah katie actually had mm. a question for us um katie duffy said did you feel the final fight was a bit lacking 
So we will definitely get there. Yeah, um, let's that's... hold that question for the end. Right now, yeah. we've touched on the kids. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about we we kind of met. We we got to see the doctors a little bit more. We saw Doctor Cooper mm-hmm. having a conversation with Doctor Rendell. Okay. Um, and I want to ask you guys what you made of Doctor Rendell specifically. Um, so he was the man uh, yeah. who was taking her photo. Um, because I have some mixed feelings about him. I did not like him at all. I, I felt like he was a coward. Um, and I feel like he was trying to hide behind some sort of bit of sympathy, yeah. you know, to justify what he was doing that was so criminal and barbaric. And if you're up to me, I put him on the chopping block just like the rest of them. He's just as guilty. Absolutely. I think he was necessary to kind of the story that they were trying to tell. Mm -hmm. Like, as a character, having that character that's like, oh, no, is murdering all of these children wrong? Like, seems fine What do you think? Yeah. Like, (laughs) but but also, like, I, I can... I could I could empathize a little bit with him, but in the end, like I, Mama Costa broke his neck and justifiably so. <laughs> it was amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. that was incredible. <laughs> I was like, okay, Ma, and yes, Dude. we got a call back too because she's like, last episode they need to die. Well, hello, she did. <laughs> they died, <laughs> and we don't know. Yes. We don't know if she, if Ma Costa killed him or just knocked him out. She I heard him. bone cracking. But that was a neck. Snap, that was yo. <laughs> yeah. That oh, was like, man. oh. Justice. Standing ovation. <laughs> I, I got up out of my, I don't know if you guys even noticed, but I got up a little bit out of my seat and I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was wonderful. My thing is, so we found out near the end as well with, with Clara, mm-hmm. what had actually happened to her. Mm. I she it's car, it's kind of hard with her because you can't tell what age she actually is. I assumed adult. She mm. might be, you know, late teens. Yeah, that's um, yeah. but it sounds like they did their experimenting on, you know, people that were slightly older than the kids I, at first. I actually have a theory on that. What's okay. the theory? I, I think that the reason why that they chose don't give me that look. <laughs> Vito is giving me some looks right now, y'all. <laughs> I'm just I'm curious. Uh I think that the reason why that they decided to work on children instead of adults is because they're younger and they have more ability to bounce back and also they can fine-tune their brains and program them to be able to get along without their demons whereas adults they're so used to having their demons and I think they figured that out really early on now you have brought up an excellent point because one of the things I wanted to talk about today (laughs) was this idea of experimental theology and later on, um, once we get um, to the big moment with Lyra being taken, Coulter arrives, Lyra goes into the cage or the machine, whatever they're calling it. It's a cage. Yeah. And um, eventually we see, you know, she shouts mother, the huge mm. moment of the episode. Oh, uh, my heart. And I didn't know how to feel. I, th- I thought she was I thought she was going to get chopped anyway. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, what's interesting, though, is when um, when we get the conversation between Coulter and Lyra after the fact, it's this idea of experimental theology mm-hmm. and what's right versus what's wrong. Mm-hmm. And what um, Coulter specifically says, which is this idea that the dust comes in when you are no longer pure, which happens, which starts to happen during puberty. 
I have a lot of thoughts about this. What are your thoughts, Vito? So I, what I gathered from the metaphor that is trying to come from this is the idea that like a life without sin is therefore the purest and best kind of life. But I think what what Philip Pullman is trying to put with this is the idea that like being sinful is human, and the idea of the eradication of sin is therefore like hitting itself in the head. Which is so interesting to see a physical manifestation of that through the use of the severance of demons and showing that, like, without mm. this sin, you cannot be a human. You will not exist as a full conscientious being. Let me sip to that. Now. Yeah, it's just... And I, I mean, like, I, I feel as though, like, that's pretty probably what he was going for, but it's just so intriguing to see it developed in such an interesting and unique way. And I will say this too, did you guys notice at the very end the kids who had been stripped from their demons, they were wrapped in a red cloak. I did notice that. Yes. like I did, but now I'm piecing it together. Oh it was, my gosh. To me, knowing what I know about Philip Pullman, which is that he, just to throw it out there during this you know, discussion, throw it out he there, has a standalone book that goes into the gospels and he's you know he has he's very strong opinions about religion and i it, it really it's very obvious that it works his way not only into the books but into the show as well i would very mm-hmm. much like to read this book you should very much read the book <laughs> yeah there's something um, happening in the world right now and all this is coming out and i very much think that you know obviously in the book the book is it's very similar with mm-hmm. this but the show as well is trying to hit on the fact that it's trying to um, basically, they're trying to establish that this idea of order and religion, it, it, it's, it can be taken, like, obviously very much out of hand, um, especially with how they're, especially with the red cloaks at the end and this idea of purity and when somebody loses their purity and how to control it. Absolutely, and we mm-hmm. also saw that with the um, with the other doctor character. What was her name again? Doctor Cooper. Yeah, Doctor Cooper. When she says um, she's specifically talking back and forth, and she's like, "We are doing what is necessary, and we are saving people from sin." And she just does. It's just it feels like there's something missing there. Now, mm-hmm. here's the thing with Cooper. I thought she genuinely believed what she was saying. I do too. I think so too. When Lyra was having the conversation with Coulter, I felt the opposite. I thought Coulter was lying to her, did not believe anything she was saying, but with Coulter it's all about gaining power and if she's going to manipulate the situation by convincing Lyra that oh if you don't if you don't have your de- your demon taken away it means you're going to live in you know an unpure state when in reality Coulter is just there to you know finagle her way into the system and take power. Something yeah, I- she's oh. using the whole th- go ahead, go ahead Vito. No, no, I got no, you. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, baby. You go ahead. I I'm got just, you. I'm just I'm so excited by how the characters have been written where especially anybody that is involved with the magisterium is very much a characterization that you could find in like a religious body that you could basically personify like oh here's the person that does this but feels guilty about it here's the person that does this because they fully believe it here's the person that does this for power but they don't fully believe it but they're going to put on the persona that they do it's just I, I just am fawning over how smart this series is like at least feeling. I like I'm sure there's so much discussion that goes back and forth online about it because this has been a gigantic series, but it's just it's so thrilling to like have these characters in places they are. I'm I'm so enthusiastic. I'm sorry. I can Holly, I can see 
that you have something to say too. So the moment you brought up the red outfits for yeah. the kids that were separated from their demons or severed from their demons, yeah. the show that automatically popped into my mind. Let me guess. Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's yeah. Tale. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I was like, wait yeah. a minute, yeah. my brain just went. Uh, uh, exactly. Uh. <laughs> feels familiar. For anyone who has not watched or read the book The Handmaid's Tale, the women who are producing the children, they are in red. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is right. very yeah, and it, it makes me think: Is there a chance that these two could be kind of like intertwined and related? Somehow, because a lot of the, the, the talk about theology and purity and sin, it's all the same. It is absolutely related. Now, here is what? the question, though. Here's the, here's the thing <laughs> is that clearly right now, so these, these kids, and I almost wonder if it was, now we don't know if the robes were actually theirs mm. or where they got the robes from. Like, like safety blankets. I, I would assume that they just happen to be mm. blankets. Um, but the fact that they're wearing them, I think, was the show's way of arguing that, if anything, these kids were now not pure in the sense that, not to say that they're not you know, still good people, not in that sense, but in the sense that they have been wrecked because a piece of their soul has been permanently ripped from them and they will never get that back. Mm. Which, by the way, throwing to the chat for just a second, TGS, who just joined us in the chat, says um, somewhat based on demon cutting on Unix, which yeah. makes a ton of sense. It does, yeah. especially if they're getting at the whole puberty thing yeah. and reproduction and being able to grow into an adult because they have now um, stripped these people from their personalities. And the demons, too. Yeah, stripped Um, a very important part of themselves away from them with no consent whatsoever. Yeah, Yeah, and and, um, Cat Eyes in Love made a great point. June being a distant familiar of Lyra conspiracy theory. Ah, yeah. So true. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay, just like a little bit of of fan play fiction. What if, all right, Lyra grows up and actually is June? Ooh. Right. Interesting. Right. That is right. interesting. Who, whoever wants to get started on this train and create some fan That's fiction. But alternate. Times, yeah, like, um, let's do it. I'll be the editor. So, <laughs> in chief. Let's talk. So, okay, we have Coulter. We have this whole crazy situation between Coulter right. and Lyra. Mm-hmm. I thought it was genius how Lyra got out the tin, and it happened to be the beetle. This scene was genius. It the was, acting was so good. I like the. T- <laughs> it made me feel like too that that Coulter's demon, the golden monkey, is kind of an idiot. He is because <laughs> first of all, why did why did he not smell Lyra under I'm the bed? Myself, um, isn't or that your job? Maybe he did. Oh <laughs> no, 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 no! I don't think so. I don't think he so. Seems to be doing her bidding, though. Yeah, so. I agree, but but I like where you're. Th- I like that idea. I don't know. The emotional manipulation that comes out of this show is pretty thick as it is. Uh, I. I'm not saying that the monkey is getting over his syndrome that may or may not have to do with Stockholm, but I'm (laughs) saying that she treated the monkey better than Coulter ever did, but I don't know. I don't even really believe this theory. It's just like there's a chance, because I agree, it's pretty far-fetched. It's pretty far-fetched to think that the monkey would not have been able to smell her or been able to sense her when he's been able to do it every other time. I'm just not convinced. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that that should have been uh, 
What I, a that I, I really thought. And then when Coulter came back in and was like, mm-hmm. good job, A+. Plus, I actually started laughing. I was <laughs> like, that is kind of comical. And then she shut the door again. <laughs> like wow okay you know what i i loved when um coulter came out of the the vent and then popped down on the table and was sitting there like a monkey i was i was thinking to myself wow what a dramatic effect her acting oh the screams so like after lyra got away their screams at each other felt like i feel like coulter takes on the you know the attributes of um, a monkey, yeah. and so the scream, mm-hmm. but but both of them though, and I think it was a moment that the that the you know they were trying to point out like it doesn't matter that they are on two different sides because obviously Coulter who asked Lyra to choose who she belonged to, Ugh. obviously <laughs> Lyra we knew where she was going anyway, but obviously this was her clear you know moment where she was telling Coulter you know what nope I am against you, but the fact that they're screeching at each other just shows that for as as many things they have that are different, they have their similarities, too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. They're still daughter and mother. Yeah. And... I personally think they are exactly the same. Mm. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Why? Because <laughs> they both are very headstrong, mm-hmm. very chaotic, very much so interested in their agendas. They just choose which side they want to take. I feel like Lyra mm-hmm. represents the, quote-unquote, the light, and then Coulter, quote-unquote, represents... The darkness. Yeah, the yeah. two they're, different paths. Yeah, they're exactly could, yeah. they're exactly the same. They're the yin and yang. So I just want to say something really quickly, and it's slightly off of his dark materials, but it's this idea that even if we look at you know another fantasy series, Harry Potter, mm. this idea between mm-hmm. Voldemort and Harry, where one of the things is that Harry is always worried that he is like Voldemort, that mm-hmm. there is that connection, mm-hmm. and one of the things that they realize, which I think is very similar to this is that you can have, even with bad people, you can have things in common with bad people and it doesn't make you yourself bad. Absolutely. And so I feel like, you know, like you're saying, Holly, it's they do have a lot of similar um, characteristics, mm-hmm. but um, it's that, like you said, Lyra's in the light and she's choosing to go about this in a much oh better way. Oh my gosh. That's kind of <laughs> yeah. like when Roger entered into the room with the kids and said, make a choice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and this show yeah. is, oh, you're killing me, Smalls. So, <laughs> great time to segue. But before we do, I just want to make a quick announcement and say thank you to everybody in the thank chat. You. Um, you are definitely helping us to be the ESPN of TV talk, and we could not do this without you guys. Um, if you, you know, anytime that you leave us a comment or subscribe on YouTube or give us five stars on iTunes, the others don't work. The others don't <laughs> that work. Is they don't work. Us. No, don't exactly. Work. Exactly. And so that is helping us so much. And I just wanted to give you all a shout out. Um, We have a lot of comments from last week's videos. Um, Unfortunately, with time, I don't think we're going to be able to read them, but I will save them and get through them next week um, when we're here. Um, So yeah, thank you guys again for allowing us to keep growing and, and do what we do. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank <Grazie>. you. <laughs> All right. So with the time we have left, let's talk about this this finale moment where we have the rescue. Um, let's talk about that and then our cliffhanger ending. Oh. 
So the rescue was incredible, in my opinion. Uh, some people kind of just pointing back to the chat earlier. We're talking about how the fight didn't feel as good as possibly the book. I haven't read the book, but I will say that the fight did not feel like a final fight to me. It felt like it was it was a battle in a longer war that is not yet over. And I think the fact that there are more books besides the Golden Compass kind of prove that. But it's just interesting to me because something that somebody pointed out earlier was that apparently in the books there are many more witches but in this one yeah. there's and, only one and we'll talk about that a little bit more in yeah. our yeah but yeah that's um it was i definitely felt the same way as you this didn't feel as major as if this was the end mm-hmm. holly <laughs> i can always tell when you have something to say <laughs> i was just the whole battle i was like yeah kid uh, uh, come on get that one i was so happy i was like finally Finally, they get to have a solid win. Yeah. And not and when I say solid win, I mean they literally flex their muscle in front of them and said, mm-hmm. you know what? We're here. Mm-hmm. And Cooper being like, oh, we need to grab Lyra. Lyra, she's the important one. And Serafina swooping in and, like, taking care of them. I was like, yes, thank you. God, it felt so good. Because <laughs> right. they, they put them in a corner that I thought they were going to lose. I thought we were going to lose one of the main characters in that fight. To to an extent, I thought that HBO was going to pull that. Mm-hmm. Like we were we were going to lose mm-hmm. like the the king of the north or something. I mean, the king of the west. I thought we were in um, trouble too. I was, uh, gosh, and, Ser- oh and then Yorick arrives. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, Yorick's arrival was so good. He was just like, oh. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. So, oh my gosh. Then we get to the very end, um, where well, we have we kind of I feel like we had two endings. Mm-hmm. The same thing as mm-hmm. the fight not feeling resolved. Yeah. Um, the ending. The first ending, we'll say, with Lee and Serafina, where Lee essentially finds out that he's responsible for taking care of Lyra, making sure that she survives. I can't even begin to say how much I loved this moment Me where too. he Lee's basically trying to get more money, and then Serafina pulls the whole, well, you know you love her, and that you need her, and that you're doing this because you... Like, she doesn't quite directly say it, but mm. in a way, he... Like, I feel like Lee, uh, more than Lord Asriel ever... In, in, like in the books, or when we saw Lord Asriel in mm. the first, you know, episode, yeah. I feel that bond between Lee and Lyra, um, you know, that paternal bond that we she has not had with maybe with Ma Costa a little bit, but yeah. I feel like it's deeper with Lee, mm-hmm. and I Absolutely. and that makes me so happy because I feel like Lyra had to grow up in a world without parents. And she has somebody who unconditionally loves her. Which, by the way, somebody says in the chat real quick. <laughs> I was busting um, up. I was trying so hard not to laugh when you were talking. These chats are hilarious. Cat Eyes in Love says, what did you guys think of the jokes that Lee and Yorick are married in Lyra's dad? <laughs> I agree. <laughs> you are correct. Yes, and they are the please. best damn fathers that she could ever yes, have. Yes, let's get some gay daddies in here. It's ah! <laughs> <laughs> <This> canon. <laughs> one's oh, a bear. Man. One's Lee. I what mean, does that make Lee? Exactly. <laughs> what does that make Lyra? <laughs> the daughter. Oh yes. my gosh. And you know what? To to speak on your question though, I think what it is is that Lee has been transparent with Lyra from the start. Yeah. Yes. So she has a sense of comfort with him. Even when he, he acts a little underhanded yeah. and jokester and whatnot and maybe a little bit um oh what's the word? What's the word I'm looking for when someone is doing something sly or 
or like sneaky. Yeah, there yeah. we go. His sneaky attitude. He's very transparent about it. Yeah. And Lyra's very transparent. I wouldn't be surprised if they were related somehow. And she's hardly known him. It's been a hot minute. Yeah. And with Lee, and this could just be because Lynn Manuel Miranda just to me, like I follow his Twitter and he just seems like a very warm person. Yes. But every I agree. time I see him, I I I feel the warmth and mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm getting I'm getting like parental like, 100%. love from this man and I never got that from Lord Azrael. I it yes. was like and and I get yeah. it like you're hiding like I get Lord Azrael he's hiding his his daughter like He's doing a bunch. He's but, himself. But the thing is that <laughs> gets on my nerves. The thing is that I just feel like you either you either have those parental, you know, that parental ability or you don't. And yeah. Lord Azrael and Coulter Definitely not parents of the year. Right. I feel like Ooh. that Lyra should just ditch them and go hang out with Lee and York. And Makasa, yeah, in York. Though I do have to admit that in that scene there was one line that kind of made me roll my eyes. Well, I do admit I did love it, but when Lee says, instead you blindsided me with, with love, love, I was like, oh, yes! come on, like, you so big sweet. sap. And that is so real, She's too. Such a you sap. never know when the love bug is going to come up, <laughs> sneak on you, and Bite your ass. So <laughs> let's talk about Will Perry yes. really fast. Um, yeah. We actually had Katie's in love in the chat yes. asking about him too. So Will Perry, and there's the thing I is, need more of him. I, I, I don't want to say too much because I know mm-hmm. too much. So I, mean, I just want to get your thoughts. We kind of saw. I saw in the chat something that I won't say, but it kind of. I mean, it, it confirms something. It's not like a confirmation, but it's just like I expect Will to be very powerful, and I know he's going to be. I just need to see more of him, mm. and we saw in a in the preview we're going to see more of him next yeah. episode uh but i think right now my opinion on him is kind of stagnant because there wasn't a lot of movement for him in this series i i'm cool with him loving his dad and missing him and wanting to know more about him and loving and taking care of his mom but i need more of him i don't know him enough yeah i honestly i have no opinion on will at this point he doesn't feel like a solid character to me if he were to disappear i wouldn't even notice yeah and and the thing is that i from somebody who has read the books, yes. and I will not give anything away, Do from not. that standpoint, I am actually kind of happy that they're introducing him because you have a seed of Will, and you yes. know, okay, hey, there's this other boy, and he's out here. Um, but I feel like they could have, they, I, I'm not, I don't mind how they did yeah. it. They could have saved introducing him until season two, though, I think. Though I will admit, I actually think they did a good job with this writing so far because the way that they did it was like, okay, we're going to show you all of Lyra, and even a character says, my time will come when I will feel comfortable to go into that house. Mm. And, and like, that makes sense to me. That didn't make me go, like, oh, why is, why is Will not here? It was just like, oh, because there's just needs to be more time. Yeah. Which I'm fine with. I'm so excited because he is obviously such a big key in this story. He is a huge key, yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting to find more about this key because yeah. I just, it's, I, I'm not grabbed yet by Will. Yeah. I'm just not. I'm already upset by the fact that I'm going to have to wait until season two to continue yeah. to see his story unfold because you know that wait's going to be like a year. <laughs> well, hopefully um, it gets it gets yeah. renewed so uh, we can get a second season. Yeah. Otherwise, the books are out there. Uh, <laughs> okay, I want to touch on the cliffhanger, but I feel like that would probably be more appropriate if we save it for predictions. Gotcha. Okay. So let's just hold off on that. Okay. Um, let's go ahead and jump into our segments, but before before I do, did you guys have any other final comments you had to say about the episode? I love this series. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Just by far, 
by far was the best episode that I have seen and I really really hope that they can continue to just top it because they set the bar and I just I don't know awesome I don't know it made me cry I literally cried and even like knowing what's going to happen generally I was still on the edge of my seat like what's going to happen because Mm. that is that's how powerful this was and I agree and sometimes seeing something like books are powerful in, in the sense you get you get to feel more of what the character's thinking and what yeah. they're going through. But mm-hmm. I feel like television has another way of being more powerful in that sometimes you get to actually physically see a character in a different light than you would have from mm-hmm. what your imagination crafted of them. Um, do we have another comment? They're, the chat <laughs> is going wild chat right is just now. In. They're just asking about whether there are, two, there are two more episodes after this. There's seven and eight, yes. which we will be here with you yes, for those. Um, and and Cat Eyes in Love says, good, Vito, I know you will love the books. TGS says, hmm, well, oh, theory will yeah. be held for the final <laughs> then. Um, we just said they're, they're, I'm so excited for this finale, guys. Awesome. And there's yeah. two more episodes. Two yes. episodes. Yes. Ah, two episodes. So <laughs> let's get to our page to screen. <laughs> Gotta love that sound bite. Flipping the big book and closing it. Okay, so this episode was How actually really pretty <laughs> close to the book. Um, there, there isn't uh, a lot to say. Obviously, in in the Golden Compass, we did not see Will at all, so that was new, as we've been saying. Um, also, there were more witches at the end fight mm-hmm. scene, as we kind of mentioned earlier. Um, also, they handled, and I don't want to say too much here, but they handled um, the whole like when Le- when Lyra was in the cage, it actually worked out a little bit differently in the books okay. than what they did um, on the screen. Okay. Um, There's actually um, someone just commented uh, this is for you, Rachel. They said, Rachel, I have a question. After reading the books, how did you feel about seeing the cages? So it's kind of cool you brought it up. um, I thought it was more... I liked seeing them on screen better, I think, because... I actually did not imagine them the way that they showed it on the television show. It was completely different. It was to me. I saw the cages as being a lot smaller, and I saw the machine as being a lot smaller. Yeah. So okay. it was just a completely different, you know, seeing it that way, seeing it in its own room. Yeah. Uh, it felt a lot different than what I had seen in my head. Um, so yeah, that's. Uh... <laughs> I I also just want a quick mention about the witches. The one thing that I did want to say is I think that they did a good job with narrowing it down to one. Yep. Because witches are way overpowered in this world. I can't imagine there being ten of them there without having just immediately slaughtered everybody that that they yep. deemed to slaughter. They're trickling us in. It's perfect. Yeah, I didn't need more. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that just puts almost like a Chekhov's witch in there because I know that later on we will see the witches more mm-hmm. in combat. Mm-hmm. I, I literally cannot imagine them being that powerful and not being used right. to the Right. You don't want to give it all away. Yeah. Exactly. Especially because we know this is not the end. Yeah. Um, one more thing, speaking of the end, that I'm going to to talk about is Roger um, in the books he did not have that penultimate speech that he gives the kids who had their de- their demons stripped away he does speak to a couple of the kids but it was not as um, like you know it wasn't as big of a deal mm-hmm. as what this was so yeah. I actually prefer how they handled it this way um, then okay so we have a couple of comments here so TGS says uh like one said, things uh, 
a demon will warm up or cuddle with the human and how Pan wanted to do that for Tony, but the taboo held him back. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to read that because I saw that comment. I think he's also referring, or they're also referring to earlier, um, uh, that the bond of Pan and Lyra is more, like, pertinent in the book than it is in yeah, the absolutely. series so yeah. far. I which is interesting to me because I feel like the bond is pretty there, but I'm not gonna lie, I would like to see a little more companion like just a little more interaction between them sometimes. And that's one of the things is that when you actually read the book and you're in her mind, yeah. you can see more of that connection. So you, yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's definitely a difference. And I feel like with television it's I feel like it's very good for the fact that it yeah. is a TV show and there's only so much you can show. I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's what I have for you guys. Let's go ahead and get to our news segment. All right. I'm going to make this short and sweet because this episode alone was already a lot. So no surprise here. Fans have absolutely, like yourself, have been raving about the show. Which has taken the sci-fi world by surprise. Why is that? Well... According to what's on Netflix.com, it's because after the backlash backlash of the film The Golden Compass received plans for any future films were put on hold. And after several years without any sequels, the rights were given back to Pullman, which is our author. So, with that said, fans are now asking the burning question. When is the series coming to Netflix? Oh. Drum roll, please. Are you ready for this? Yes. <laughs> the answer is Never. Yeah, especially with the streaming. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 here's the reason why, and this is back to our article on whatsisnetflix.com, quote, to state the obvious, the reason why His Dark Materials isn't coming to Netflix in the U.S. is because of HBO. His Dark Materials is a co-production between HBO and BBC, with the former as the international distributor of the series. So, with that said, if you want to continue to watch the show, if you want to check out the show, you got to stream through HBO yeah. and other affiliates. It, it just has a lot to do with Pullman finally getting the rights back, and he had to make it work, and teaming up with HBO and BBC seemed to be the best decision. And just to kind of go off of that, too, um, I wrote an article for After Buzz TV about HBO Max, which is coming out in, I think it's May of 2020, most likely His Dark Materials will, I think actually definitely His Dark Materials is going to be part of that, which yeah. is another reason why Netflix would not be able to take it. Guys, yep. take a look at HBO Max whenever yeah. you get the chance. I know there's a lot of streaming services going out that are super expensive and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but they're teaming up with like Cartoon Network. Now they've got all of the HBO originals on yeah, there. Yeah, HBO is popping these days. They I gotta are, admit, I got a subscription yeah. myself, so. They're yeah. taking care of the series. I mean, His Dark Materials is proof that I wouldn't want it in other people's hands right now. They care about about this series and Philip Pullman cares about this series enough to keep it alive in the way that this is. Yeah. Yeah, we did our best. So that's all I got for our news today. Well, thank you. I think that is an (laughs) excellent time to get to our predictions. Your After Buzz TV (laughs) predictions. Holly. All right. (laughs) So first off, um, I think that Lyra is going to be saved um, by one of the witches when she's coming down from the, from yeah. the way. Angel. I'm so, so sad. A so, literal so sad cliffhanger. Oh. Anyways, I think she's going to be saved. Um, I think that Yorick, when he goes into battle to get his kingdom back, he's going to win. He's going to win. I'm so, so excited. And I think that 
Azrael and I'm sorry, Lord Azrael. <laughs> Lord Azrael is going to be reunited with Lyra in this in the next episode, episode seven. And I think that Azrael is going to be a little bit more soft hearted. I really do, because he's been I don't know, I don't I don't like him. He's mean. He's a meanie. I <laughs> will say nothing. My predictions <laughs> mostly, believe it or not, are the exact opposite. Oh. I think Yorick is actually going to lose the fight because what? it's more dramatic for that to happen no, than no, it is no, for no, him no, to no, win no. it. And I think Azriel is going to continue to be cold hearted. I think I think that we're gonna have Lyra see Azriel and have like this touching like second. And then Azriel's just going to go off and do whatever he wants to do. Because that's what we've seen from him so far. She's going to ultimately be led back to Lee. And, like, Lee and Yurk are going to have, like, this big, like, dramatic, sad scene. That's what I predict. That's, I, I am going to cry next episode because of that. fantasy right now. <laughs> is that a, is that a so, genre? Jo- mm-hmm. I'm going to give a very vague prediction that the book <laughs> readers will understand. But I'm not going to say specifics. Okay, <laughs> all everyone who's read the books, you know what I'm thinking at this point. We've got two episodes left. There's something mm-hmm. that happens with a specific character. Mm-hmm. I won't say their name. Stop. But I almost don't <laughs> want to listen to this. I don't even want to Cover get Cover your ears, y'all. That's all I'm going to say. And I'm just really curious if it's going to happen the way it happened in the book or it's going to be different. Uh, book readers, you hear me right now. <laughs> Don't say a word. I won't oh say anything else, but that I'm, oh. I'm over here dying because that is literally the past maybe four or five episodes. I this this burning question has been going through my mind, and I can't say anything. So that's all I'm going to say, which was absolutely nothing. I'm sorry, um, but I will say that uh, I predict you will get the answers to some of your predictions. I gotta I gotta take off this jacket. It's so gonna be hot. next Monday. I can't. Like I'm so I'm. Is it next Monday yet? I need it to be next Monday now. So, (laughs) I think that this has pretty much been our discussion for today. Mm. Hallie, where can everybody find you? (laughs) Okay. My name is Hallie Johnson, and you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all the things at PureHallie, P-U-R-E-H-A-L-L-E. If you don't want to give me anything towards the next episodes, you can find me at Scuddy on Instagram and Twitter. That's at V-S-C-U-T-T-I. And, and I'm Rachel Goodman. You can find me on Twitter at Rach Goodman. Send all the book spoilers to me because we can discuss it. I am dying to know. You nah, know who I'm talking nah, about. Nah, 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 don't do it. So let's talk. All right. Until next week, thank you all for tuning in. We'll be back Monday at uh, 7 p.m. See you then. See you then. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menounos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. (laughs) The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.